Welcome to Shine Me A Light Podcasts. In this series, we're interviewing Class of 95 Sydney Girls High School students 27 years later, and this episode is Riani Rattray. Great to see you. Great to see you too. 27, God damn. How? How is that even possible? I know. Like, like, you know, we have children (laughs) who their whole life. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's a long time. (laughs) Wow, we were all in the same I know. Place. So, uh, this is really cool. So, we're actually- anyway, all right. So, what we've pretty much been doing is just going through it. And it's funny how a lot of people are having trouble going, when did I yep. do this? And when did I do that? Yep. You know, um, did you do HSC in 95 with everybody? I did else? not. No. So many people. Really? With this idea. Yeah, because I left end of 94. And so I came in with this preconception that everybody did HSC yep. together. And it's been like so many people left for various yep. reasons. So what was your reason and where did you go? <laughs> I'm not sure I can say my reason. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So the, the G-rated version is that um, yep. I ended up moving to a different school that was closer to home. Um, and right. so my very strict family thought it would be best to keep me a little closer to home and they thought it wasn't a great idea being on public transport and out in the middle of the city, all that sort of stuff. So I ended up going to Kingsgrove North High School, a, a co-ed wow. school. Ah, Culture shock. Massive, massive I culture went, shock. I went to a co-ed school leaving yep. too and, it, yeah, how did you find It was um, very different. So you remember at Sydney Girls, it was, you know, everyone, there was this concept. Anyway, there was this, no, not concept. There was this perception that everyone was just so, like, you know, uniform and sock height and, you know, the right shirt and the belt and all that sort of stuff. And then you go to um, a co-ed school where, you know, it was, you know, very multicultural to start with, very immigrant families. And so it was very cash it was you know just everyone you know education yeah it's okay you know we'll probably all just you know um you know we'll, we'll do our best but you know we're only here for the socializing and it's not really about the academics so and different. oh just so different like they didn't teach latin it wasn't an option at king's yeah, Road north um no oh. instead they did trades and you know encouraged yeah. Um, everyone to you know just pursue something so either earning or learning but you know there wasn't this huge thing about tertiary education it just wasn't wasn't pushed it wasn't yeah. emphasized at all that foregone conclusion that everyone would go to university. no nothing like that at all and then so I moved there for year 11 and then I didn't even finish um, high school there either so I didn't actually do the HSC at all Love it. <laughs> You're not the only one. Oh, that's good to hear. I actually thought I might be the only one, especially at Sydney no. Girls. You know, it was everyone was going on yeah. to tertiary education. Everyone was. Who wasn't? Um, I yeah. wasn't and didn't. I didn't go to university till I was in my early 30s. Yeah, I didn't go straight yeah. away. Yeah. Oh, that's it's. Yeah, and not everyone did their HSC. That so, is amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. If I'm listening to this, we will know that <laughs> we are not the only one. I remember one of the things I found a big shock was having 
boys in my classes and not just boys but loudmouth rude boys you know like I just hadn't had any experience well we had um loudmouth boys and girls at Kingsgrove I got into a lot of arguments oh did you I actually didn't I got bullied I didn't actually find um the boy part too much of a culture shock I think I don't know it it, that that part didn't stand out to me as much it was more just um you know the the ethnic side of things so it was um Kingsgrove you know very Lebanese Greek like the the Mediterranean you know lots of Europeans there a couple of Asians not so many but just that whole like that um culture mix so and you know the way they speak to each other and you know uh, the way they joke with each other and just that whole um yeah just a very different culture to Sydney girls where you know prim and proper and well, that's the expectation anyway. Whereas, yeah, just anything yeah. goes was, yeah, it, it was fun. I was only there for a year, but yeah, w- while I was there, it was actually lots of fun. And did you, so you did year 12? No, I did year 11. So 11 again. Yeah, that's what yeah, I had to do. Yeah, so too, I yeah. did, no, I left at the end of year 10. I left Sydney Girls at the end of year 10. I went to Kings Grove North for year 11. And then I yeah. left Kings Grove North at the beginning of year 12. And right. just travelled with mum, really, um, for a long time. Where'd you go? Um, over All over Europe. I went to America for a bit. We did Canada. Um, obviously went to Indonesia a couple of times. Just sort of, yeah, just being her bag girl. <laughs> Wherever she went, I went. And that's how she liked it. That would have been so exciting. That it was well. wonderful. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, would I do it again? I don't know. But... Um, you know, I don't, I don't regret anything. You know, life has turned out the way it has and um, no, I I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. So what happened when you got back and how old were you when you got back? So I traveled for a couple of years and then I would say early, um, how old was I? I think I was, when I came back, I opened a cafe with my brother in Maroubra. So I don't know, that was his brainchild and he thought um, it would be a great idea to start a cafe, except that neither of us had any experience whatsoever. So um, I was actually in a car accident in 90, oh, something or other. It's all a blur, Alexis. It's all a blur. I want to say 97, but I could be wrong. But it was a... Circa 97 (laughs) is fine. It was a pretty bad car accident. There was a big payout is my point. And so my brother thought, hey, with that money, let's start a business. And I was like, great idea. Let's start a business. Why not? So we did. We opened a cafe in Maroubra on Anzac Parade and um, we had pool tables and it was, you know, one of those sort of hip places. So we did that for a bit. Um, And then I moved to the Sunshine Coast, sleepy, sleepy Sunshine Coast soon after that as a young um yeah, what was I, early 20s, moving to the Sunshine Coast, that was a culture shock because there's nothing open past 7 o'clock. If you're hungry, too bad. Um, There was just, yeah, basically, um, yeah, great place to raise a family, not so amazing for young um, singles at the time. I mean, it's changed now, but, um, yeah, at the time that was my culture shock. And so how old are you around there? You're yeah, in my early 20s now. Um, so I did the cafe thing for a bit um, and then an opportunity came up on the Sunshine Coast to work in radio. So ah, I took yes, it. You mentioned yeah. That. So 
we um, broadcast shortwave into Southeast Asia and beyond. Now, I know, like, young hip people won't even know what shortwave is, really. Um, but it goes, um, so shortwave is ironically called shortwave, but it actually has massive radio waves. So it can go so much further than your FM sound waves do. So we had listeners um, all over um, Asia and then into Saudi Arabia and beyond. So I was in charge of the Indonesian broadcast from the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. So bizarre. (laughs) So it wasn't in English only. No. So the radio station was founded by this extremely wealthy um, Englishman who just wants to spread a message of hope. Like that that was the big little, um, the catchphrase at the time was um, a message of hope. And so it was, you know, being kind and be loving and, um, you know, just accept each other and all that sort of good stuff. And we broadcast in three languages, English, mostly into India, Indonesian into Indonesia and wherever Indonesians were, and um, Mandarin into China. I know, all funded by this one man. Yep, he's pretty incredible. Pretty cool. So that's where I met my husband at work. Ah, okay. (laughs) Was he also a broadcaster or was he working? No, so his role at the time was working in country. So he actually lived in Indonesia and he was there um, working with satellite FM stations to rebroadcast our um, signal in FM stations. Yeah, so that's where we met and married literally on the front lawn because it's really pretty. So we did. Um, Yeah. So where are we now? That would be 2003. Oh, my goodness. That's when my son was born. Oh, 2003. (laughs) So my first was born 2004. Yes. Get on with it. Hey, let's just, no mucking around. Let's make babies. Well, (laughs) yeah. And your oldest, because I've seen a little bit, the ballerina. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Did she have that kind of ability from a young age? She um, couldn't sit still from a very young age. And my mum just encouraged it at the time. Oh, she should get into ballet. And I was like, mum, she's four. People don't dance at four. She's like, yes, they do. People do. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know that now. Um so yeah she started ballet lessons at about four and I'd say she was maybe 10-ish when she decided that I'm going to be a ballerina and we we were like yeah of course like who doesn't want to be a ballerina but no she um she like is so dedicated so persistent um I don't know where she gets it from she's completely determined I mean ballet is brutal you know like if you do if you're trying to pursue it the number of auditions she does a year the number of injuries she puts up with and she just like you know after rejection after rejection she has a little cry and then she just gets on with it and you know get prepares for the next audition I did one audition a singing audition in year um I was at Sydney Girls I'm thinking about year eight ish I did an audition for um a singing part in a radio ad or something one audition and I got knocked back and I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> one audition. 
I so yep. relate. I, I applied for the conservatory and I'd practiced <gasps> yep. so much and I went to sing and they in, insisted I have an accompaniment and I'd never had an accompaniment. And then it was in the wrong oh, key no. and I didn't know how to tell them. So I just froze up and they just went, maybe come back next Oh, no. <laughs> that was yep. the end. So, you, yeah, you do relate. Yeah, I was, I was exactly the same. I did that one audition. It wasn't even live. It was just a recording. So it was, I can't even blame nerves or anything. I sent the recording in on a cassette. <laughs> Got to try, try to, telling my kids about cassettes. They love it. What's a cassette, mum? Oh, I know. No. They think it's, no, no they think it's from the olden days. I'm, I was not young in the olden days. Yeah. <laughs> so I sent a cassette in and I, and I got rejected and I never auditioned again. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. Do, so yeah, Dion, totally Dion is not like me at all. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful confidence. Just, yep. And she does have the stuff to back it up. So it's, She works really yeah, hard. Not the Dunning-Kruger <laughs> effect. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> that would be me as a ballerina. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you've got one child. What, how were, like, I was yep. shocked when I had my first child. I had fantasies only of yep. parenting and reality and me. Wow. Yep. How was it? Um, yeah. Exactly the same. Uh, Dion, she is a beautiful human being now. She is, um, and I'm not just saying that because she's mine, because the early yeah. years with Dion were the hardest years possibly ever. She was so difficult and so smart and just um, so trying and really um, putting my parenting to the test. It was she was hard work, just deliberately mean to people and she would say <gasps> hurtful things. I think her first so fully relayed. constructed sentence was, don't shush me, mum. You know, just that, oh, that, sass. yeah, yep. Um, and it wasn't until she started taking ballet seriously that that really started to disappear and I, yeah, I could see a completely different person under all of that. But those first <laughs> ten or so years, were really really hard like she's so smart and sneaky and you know just oh, just not telling the truth yeah. all the time yeah I got yeah, one like it, that oh it was really hard <laughs> yep really 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 hard work and then Joshy came along and, then, and the complete say, yeah, the years. complete opposite Joshua all you have to do is go oh Joshy that's not how we speak, is it? And he'll he'll straight away go, oh, mummy, I'm sorry. Like he's just the softest, sweetest boy. And then Deanna was like, what? What? I'll talk however I want. You know, like that's just, yeah, chalk and cheese. Is she a Scorpio? No, she's not. Um, I actually don't know my star signs very well. I'm sorry. She's June 6th. What does that make her? That is, I think, Gemini. Okay. I yeah, I have a yoga teacher who's all ah, right. science constantly teaching. Sorry. Me. But any, okay, so in that 10 years though, Josh and there's more. <laughs> uh, yes, there, <laughs> there are more. There are a total of six. Um, yes, wow. so in the first 10 years we had Joshua, so Dion, Joshua, Amali, and then Misha. So, and uh, when I was pregnant with Misha is when I thought I should start my degree. <laughs> Why not? When I was pregnant with my fourth child. You don't have enough no, on your plate. No, not at all. And then we homeschooled soon after that too. Yeah. So, um, wow. yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought, why not? Why not? I guess that's that's my mantra, Alexis. Why not? Oh, why not? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, 
So we have the six. Um, we have four girls, two boys, and they are all very different. Um, my girls, so Amali's probably my soft, gentle one, like Joshi. Um, the other three girls are quite feisty. Not nothing like Dion, but definitely keep you on your toes. But good fun. The girls, I think. I, I only have one yes. of each, but I find the girl is more challenging. Do you? It, it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, my my younger boy Jude. He's just um just loud, like that loud, boisterous. Aww. He was premmy. He was um that was a whole rough thing. Yeah, he was he was hard in a different way. He was six weeks early. I got quite sick, and we had to bring him on early. Um. Yeah. And then he just refused to put on weight for the longest time and I told myself I would never have any more um, famous last words, of course. So I used to say Jude was my full stop but then Aria came along and she's our little exclamation mark because, yeah, she's she's a statement, Aria is. (laughs) I love looking at the photos of them online. They're just Yeah, they're not bad. No, I I love being a mum. I love it. It's um it's hard work, but I don't know. I love school holidays. I love being home with them. I loved homeschooling. I was actually talking about that today at work. Someone said, "Oh, did you actually enjoy homeschooling?" I said I loved it. It was it was the best time for us as a family, um, for their learning. Because um, Joshua in particular, he doesn't learn like everybody else does. You know, just a little slower off the mark, needs it explained a little differently, just needs that one-on-one time. Yeah. And they absolutely thrived. Actually, um, when I sent them to school, one of their teachers said, oh, you'd never know they were homeschooled. And I was like, um, wait, oh, no, is that, that an insult wrapped in a compliment? Or I'm, I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> or a compliment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought, oh, you'd never know they were homeschooled. I was like, oh, I'm, I was hoping you'd notice, oh, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a funny thing to say. But um. Did the homeschooling play into your degree choice? Uh, no. Um, when when okay. Dion was, you know, when we were looking at schools and things for Dion, um, you know, we looked at our options locally. We wanted to go um, to a, a private Christian school. The fees were a little bit up there. The state school was a little bit scary. Our local state school's a bit, oh, um, should we or should we not? Um and so homeschooling was always something that I had thought about doing. We ended up sending her to the private Christian school um, and we were there for a little yeah. bit. But, um, no, homeschooling's always sort of, it's interested me. Um, I don't know, maybe because I wanted to be a teacher. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not. I just thought, why not? Let's give it a try. <laughs> why <laughs> not? So, so we did that for five years. Yeah. Wow. Um, while I was studying. And- yeah. And, what you're saying. and then when you've gone back to work, they've gone. So we sent, yeah, so right? we sent them to school, funny, COVID year, um, because that was the year I had my final internship. So it took me 10 years to finish my degree. This didn't happen, you know, like a regular person yeah. would. 10 full years no. to get my first degree. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, I only just made the 10 years, I think, by a month. So with six with kids, six kids and homeschooling as well. Sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was pregnant with Misha and didn't know it and just thought, oh, you know, by the time these ones are old enough, you know, I'll be at work and, you know, it should all work out. But then we just kept having more kids. So, no, it didn't work out. Um, And I took lots of big chunks of time off while I was studying. Um, But, yeah, we sent them to school because my final internship was going to be a 10-week placement. And um, 
I in term three. And so selfish me wanted to just keep them home and then send them in term three. But I thought that's not fair. Let's just send them at the beginning of the year. So I sent them to school. What was it? Did we get six weeks at school? And then they all came back and we homeschooled again. Oh, of course, March. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was it March 23? Something, something like that. Yeah. So <sighs> that was fun. It was a great gentle start for them, especially some of the younger ones. So Misha had never been to school. So her first grade of real school was year three. So it was just a really lovely way for um, for them to ease back into regular school. Yeah. How did she go with that? With friends and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so we, um, even though we homeschooled, we did all the socialising and stuff. So they all did, you know, soccer yep. and gymnastics and ballet and all the rest of it. So the social yep. side was was not an issue at all. It was actually her teacher who said you'd never know that she was homeschooled. I, that's, that's probably where it came from, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Assumption that she'd been isolated. Yeah, yeah. No, they... Yeah, it's so we just go to the, um, the kids go to the local state school, which is where I do most of my uh, relief work at the moment. And you're doing relief work, so this you're, you're a temp. Yes, is that yeah. right? Which I, I've heard at the moment is in massive demand. Every temporary teacher I know is working five days a week currently. Yep, exactly. Is yep. that how? It yeah, works? so I'm coming um, into my fifth week of a contract. Um, and yeah, exactly that. They can't get enough relief teachers at the moment, which is why. Possibly they lifted the mandate like they have because, yeah, there's just not enough teachers to fill those roles. Yep. And you're teaching primary. Sure am. If they're taller than me, I can't do it. What made you choose primary? Um, I So when I was really young, I either wanted to be a primary school teacher or a hairdresser. It was going to be one or the other. Um, and I don't know. I was, you know, you get to you know, 30s and, you know, question your life. I, I didn't cope turning 30. I really didn't. I think I cried most of that day. Turning 30, I thought I'd be, you know, in a certain place in my life with way more kids than yeah. I had and just you know, I only had the two and I thought, you know, oh, life isn't turning out the way I wanted and thinking, you know, what what should I do? There's got to be more than this looking at my options and then having a chat with a friend who said you'd make a great teacher you know because I was teaching singing at the time she goes you'd make a great school yeah. teacher and I thought about it and was like well why don't I pursue it why not why not start <laughs> at 33 and a half why not start a degree so I did so I enrolled at the time there was only um, very few universities that offered it online and that was the big prerequisite I needed something that I could just do um, I didn't want to you know put the kids in care or anything like that I wanted to be home with the kids yeah. still homeschool them um, and just do my degree outside of those hours and I did it took me 10 yeah, years I, 10 years you know what it's it is and you made me just think of my 30th birthday I had a bit of a meltdown too because nobody remembered <gasps> except I used to volunteer at Lifeline. And so Lifeline sent me a card. Which and out <laughs> fell all this glitter. That's <laughs> sweet. Are they reminding me I need to call them today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's oh really sweet. We're so silly though, aren't we? When I think about it today, I think 30. Wow, I know. You know. So young. I know. Turning 40 was a breeze. Turning 30, yeah, that I really struggled with turning 30. And you're right, you look back now and you think, what? That was so silly. I know. 
and I, I assume now that if I do that today, I'll look back in the future and think I'm silly again. So I'll try not to do it today. Because at 65, I'll be like, I'll be 44 again. You know? just, just, oh, dear. Let it go. So you said you were singing, I'm um, sorry, not singing, teaching. Yeah. Singing. So was that from home whilst you had the kids and home? So um, music has always been a huge part of, you know, our family and my life. I've never actually um, had proper lessons. So I had piano lessons when I was little. Um, singing was yeah. just a really big part of, of our family culture, I guess, and church as well. So I did lots of singing at church. And when I moved up to the Sunshine Coast, Anyone who lives on the sunny coast, especially around Christmas time, come up for holiday, would know of the big church on Wiser's Road that puts on this massive, massive Christmas thing. So there's, it, oh, it, it is huge. So there's a couple of performances a night. Um, there's singing and dancing and like, you know, people hanging from the ceiling, literally. Then wow. there's a little animal farm, you know, there's the, the Bethlehem story, blah, 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 like uh, free popcorn and fairy floss for all. It's a huge event. We get, uh, we used to get the Christmas Easter show. Yeah, 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 yeah. We used to get about um, 20,000, like through, for the Sunshine Coast, that's a big number, 20,000 over, say, the two weeks that we were doing that. So did lots of singing, um, even though, like, no formal training, but, um, you know, group singing, choirs, harmonies, parts, all that sort of stuff that's right up my alley. So one day um, yeah. we're at, I'm at Dion's Ballet School. So she's having a lesson and I'm sitting in the waiting area with all the other parents and I can hear some singing. And I was like, oh, I didn't know they did singing lessons here. So the ballet teacher comes out and I said, oh, I didn't realise you do singing lessons. She said, wait a second, are you that lady who does singing at the church? And I was like, um, like that's a really broad statement. Do you mean... Christmas lights at, at Wiser's Road and she goes yes that's right is that you and I said uh yeah I have been doing that for a few years so she said well if you ever need a singing job you need to come and talk to me so I was like well if you need a singing teacher um sure I'm available so she organized lessons like so I took over all the singing lessons then so it's vocal technique uh, yep. musical theater adult musical theater so I took over all those lessons at the dance school where Dion used to dance so I did that um, wow. So that's just an after-school thing, um, yeah, at, at the Performing Arts Centre where Dion danced. Um, what was I doing? Maybe three or four afternoons a week just around her dancing. So it was so convenient, so much fun. Um, so I did that as well as the homeschooling and the the degree. Um, but it was only oh. a couple of afternoons a week and that was that was fun. That was like, that was for me. That wasn't... That wasn't yeah. a chore or a drag or a job. It's, it was my love job. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. Because especially I think with kids, we, we need to do things for Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think you find you, you're giving from an empty cup. Absolutely. And this it. was other people's kids. So, <laughs> so it was, you can give them Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After an hour, you're done. Yeah. So I did that for a few years. Oh. Um, maybe, what did I do? Six, seven years of that. Yeah, so I gave that up when the degree started to become a little bit weightier towards the end because I am not an academic by any stretch of the imagination. I married um, someone with a doctorate who used to be a lecturer and, um, yeah, he used to ask me to print my assignments out and hand me a red pen and I'll help you edit. And I was like, are you kidding it. me? Yeah, he's like, you know, circling wow. this, elaborate. Uh, too many words. What do you mean? Question mark, question mark all over the page. 
yeah, lots of lots of crying through my degree. And you're still sleeping in the same um, bed. After those every sessions. now and then we do, yes. <laughs> you know. So you've been married for a long time. Yes, we uh, celebrated 19 years this year. How is that? That is a whole other podcast, Alexis. Because <laughs> oh, I've never been married. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um, no, it's like everything has its ups and downs. But um, doing it all with someone, I guess, is one of the huge benefits that you've always got someone there, um, you know, with kid things and with family things, someone to, you know, bounce stuff off. My my Paul is extremely yeah. pragmatic. So he's not the come home and there's rose petals scattered all over. The, like we've, I don't know what that's like in a partner, but I well I don't know it, you know social media will tell you you know lots of people have I've experienced it once rose petals in my right. life I've no I um I think Paul's bought me flowers maybe once but he's the inner crisis he's who you want so um for yeah. example I was severely pregnant with Jude and Jude is our number five and number um and so all the other four had gone to a friend's she said, let me take them off your hands, you know, have a rest. I'll take them for a swim, blah, blah, blah. Then I get a phone call and she says, um, now I don't want you to worry, but uh, Misha has <laughs> drowned and I'll meet you at the hospital. Now we live right near the hospital. So we ended up in emergency before they had arrived. So the story is that Misha did not have her swim vest on. She fell into the pool um, and when they found her, she was purple. She wasn't breathing. They pulled her out, had to call like call the ambulance and all that sort of stuff. So when I got the phone call, my immediate response is hysterics. So I'm, you know, running around the house, crying, screaming, wailing. And Paul grabs a bag and he gets, um, you know, change of clothes, grabs a towel, grabs my phone charger. Like he's just, he's that person. Very calm, very practical. He's like, she's going to be okay. Let's just get the bag of stuff so that when you go to hospital, mm -hmm. You've got all the stuff you need. So that's that's my Paulie. So no rose petals, but in a crisis and when you need someone dependable, someone to rely yeah. on, that's my Paulie. Oh, he, wow. he will be there. And she was okay? <laughs> she, yeah, she, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Alexis. No, <laughs> happy ending to the story. Oh, how scary. How yeah, scary. we were in hospital for a bit because oh. she had taken on quite a bit of water. Um, but, yeah, she, she was okay. She's A-okay. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I should have cut to that part. <laughs> no, it's just oh, oh, terrifying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think I would have been screaming and running around the yeah, house. So too. That, yeah, so that was just, me. Yep. <laughs> terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. But no, she's Gosh, she's totally like fine. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I'm track of thought now. So all kids have survived. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone's okay. Yep. <laughs> we started with six and we still have six. Oh. We still yep. six. This yep. is good. We still got six. Oh wow! So now I know recently you lost a parent, and I don't know if you want to talk about that. Um, I'm happy to. If um, yeah, no, no, I I can talk about it. There are some days I can, and some days I can't. So recently I had a birthday, and I actually found that really, really, really hard. So since I was maybe actually probably soon after leaving Sydney Girls, maybe I was fifteen ish. And I got my first job at a sandwich shop. 
um, it was coming up to my birthday and I just had this epiphany and I thought to myself, why is it, like I was thinking this through, why is it I get presents on my birthday? Like I, I literally did nothing to deserve the presents. I just showed up. And my mum was the one with, you know, the huffing and the puffing and the getting the child out. So then I thought to myself, I'd like to get her some flowers or something. So since then, I have bought my mum flowers on my birthday every year. So if she was in Sydney with family and I'm up here, I'll get them delivered. But every year on my birthday, I give mum flowers. And um, yeah, I really struggled this year leading up to my birthday, thinking that I wouldn't have anyone to give flowers to. Now that's, yeah. So some days, you know, because I know she really suffered towards the end. So knowing that she's, you know, not suffering anymore, she's at rest, she doesn't have to go through all that pain anymore. You know, there's a lot of comfort in that. You know, obviously I cry, you know, because I've lost her, but there's also a lot of comfort knowing that she is totally pain-free now. However, leading up to my birthday, I really really didn't cope there were days I would like be crying like a crazy person like proper ugly crying um yeah just not coping thinking like she's actually gone and you know there's nowhere I can send the flowers to even if I send them say to the grave she's you know she's not there to see the flowers she's not there to hear how grateful I am sorry yeah just that because she was um she was advised to abort me when she was pregnant with me because I was apparently too big she'd had a prolapse and you know it was very dangerous for her to carry me to term but she refused mostly because she needed the permanent residency but that's another story (laughs) she needed the permanent residency so she had to marry my dad and have me but anyway um yeah she's she's actually gone and um that is hard that is I don't know if you ever get over that no, I, I think I haven't lost a parent yet, but I most people I know now have, yep. and I, they say it, it gets better, but it's never gone. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's still very fresh for us, and me being the youngest, um, and my siblings, they all say that I'm the favourite, so we're all okay with that. <laughs> um, yeah, because mum had me when she was a bit older, um, and I'm the only one from my dad. So the others were from her first husband um, and I'm the only one with like the Western dad. So apparently very special or something according to my siblings anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you have a strong faith. I do. You? That's something I remember about. Yeah, you. faith is um, a huge part of my life. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, mum's a part of that too. Mum's a huge part of that because... Yeah, dad left when I was a baby. He's also passed away too, but um, kind of, you know, like when you lose a distant relative that you don't know very well. So the loss, yep. you know, of my dad wasn't as as deeply felt, I guess, as losing my mum. But, yeah, mum yeah. became a Christian when I was about four. So it's, it's all I've known is, um, you know, that faith and... I guess living it out more than just believing. It's not just about, you know, like, you know, these are my set of beliefs, but, well, good for you, but what does that look like? And that was a big thing that that I want to take on from mum. So um, shortly before mum passed away, I I saw this 
meme that um, someone had posted on Facebook that said, um, memories are great, but a legacy is more important or something along those lines. And so, um, you know, I'm very deliberate with my parenting, with, you know, how I live my life, like, you know, having great friends, having a great community, a great family, leaving memories with your kids, you know, like, you know, making memories, like that's a big thing. You know, we all talk about making memories with the kids and that's important, but um, more than that, I think I want to leave behind a legacy where, um, you know, my faith put into action the things that I believe. Um, if God is who he says he is, you know, and if Jesus was who he says he was, then what does that look like today? You know, in 2022, yeah. for a mother of six um, living on the Sunshine Coast, what does that look like? And so, you know, that's what I hope um, I can, um, I guess I can live out and you know, show people that, well, this is what my faith means to me. It's more than just a personal conviction. It's not just, you know, like warm and fuzzy feelings. This is what it looks like to to say that you have a faith. Yeah. No, I read something, oh, I don't know when, but it said faith without works is dead. It's actually from the Bible, Alexis. There we it's... go. I have never read <laughs> It's straight out of the but... Bible. That resonated with me so much. I thought it's so true. And I, I had no spiritual stuff earlier in my life and I didn't know that it was missing because I never had yeah. it. And I have it today and it's made such a difference to my life. It's like a triad for me now. It's, it's like you've got a body, you've got a mind and you have a spirit. Absolutely. You neglect your spirit and you don't have that. You always feel a lack. Yeah. So I always I remembered that about you anyway. That's something that you know, yeah. means a lot to me that I have today. That's so. awesome. Oh, goodness. All right. So. We're pretty much up to today. We are. What else is going on? How has COVID affected you? I mean, COVID obviously affected you with the kids that staying home. When did you finish the degree? Was that right? It was the last, the first year of That's COVID. That's correct. Yep. So I right. did my final internship in term three. Um, sorry, I don't know what month that is. Teachers only think in terms and semesters, but it was term three. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> I feel like, so it's after September holiday. So that October-ish time. Um, and because of COVID, it actually cut the internship short in half, actually. So it was meant to be a full-term placement. It ended up being only five weeks, which still meant you had to get all the stuff done in the five weeks, but it also, you know, just cut that down because, you know, 10 weeks of Paul being on, you know, pick up and drop off and, you know, sandwiches and stuff, he'd had enough of that by week five. So it worked well for us. And um, uh-huh. I didn't actually go to my graduation because I studied through Curtin University in Perth. And um, yep. by the end of it, I couldn't be bothered and I was just happy to get it in the mail. And um, the registration process for a teacher, I don't know what it's like in other states, it's quite an ordeal in Queensland. And oh, the, and no one really helps you with it. You sort of got to fumble your way through it. But I was finally registered just in time for the summer holidays. <laughs> So I had no work lined up. I had nothing, um, yeah, nothing planned, no relief work, nothing to show for it until the following year. <laughs> and that was 2021. 2021. So, yep, so, that, so last year. So, so this year. is only my second so how, year of teaching. And how are you finding it? Um, okay, so where I mostly teach is where my kids currently go to school because I've always said, I'll teach where the kids go or the other way around. Like they'll come where I teach. 
Now, I don't have a permanent job yet. And, um, you know, we want, we love our community. We want, you know, we go to church locally as well. We wanted the kids to go to a school that was local, you know, um, you know, make those connections locally. So I really wanted to work in a local school as well. Now, um, the area that we live is quite a low socioeconomic area. And so the biggest shock for me was behaviour. And it's not just um, student behaviour, it's also um, student trauma. So there's a whole... there's a whole coding system for the kids of, you know, um, so um, learning disabilities and then behaviour issues, attendance and trauma is one of them because we have mm-hmm. such a high number of kids who've experienced trauma. And, it like, yeah. it's one thing to be a parent of your own kids. You can scream and yell and, you know, behind closed doors and then everybody still loves you at the end of the day. You can't do that with other people's kids. It's frowned upon. Um, but it's really opened my eyes to just how different uh like the different backgrounds that kids come from so there's learning disabilities is one thing and then um you know behavior issues are another thing again but the trauma that kids have gone through like it at our little school anyway just sad sad stories alexis like i can't tell you too much um but yeah like for example oh some kids have witnessed like incredible violence um you know, that has been committed by their own parents. So, um, you know, abuse, um, neglect. There are so many kids that are living um, in foster care. And I didn't even know, but um, just around the corner from where I live, we actually have a foster residential facility. I didn't even know these things existed. So it's like a, a foster orphanage type setup where carers come in in the morning, a different carer will come in in the afternoon. Yeah. And I had no idea until I started working there last year, beginning of last year, I had no idea, just completely naive. Um, Like I understand, you know, single parent families, like that's one thing where the kids, you know, are split between two families, but these kids don't even live with their families at all. And no, I know I've got um, a mother who's a forensic psychologist who's worked in child protection my whole life. And wow, right. So I've always ha- had a really good understanding well, of that extreme stuff that we just don't see much and talk well, about much. Yeah, I, I had no idea. That was the biggest learning curve for me was, um, you know, looking past the behaviour, looking past what you are seeing right in front of you, whether it's a kid under a desk or um, jumping out a window or flipping a desk um, to see that there's a... a a sad little person inside um and yeah just trying to reach out to them so I guess you know my rose-colored glasses I went in thinking you know I could be Mary Poppins you know I will be I don't want to be a music teacher I want my classroom to be filled with music and to be filled with singing there was no singing Alexis I haven't (laughs) I haven't started I didn't start singing I think until just this year you know um if you're happy and you know it and stuff like that was not really very well embraced at the beginning no one was happy and no one knew it (laughs) my daughter's in kindergarten and one of the reasons I get called down the school a lot is she won't stop singing over the top of the (laughs) right (laughs) right well we did not have much singing at the beginning um yeah just yeah just a massive adjustment to um yeah like that whole expectations versus reality yeah my expectations (laughs) were all you know 
kills her alive with the sound of music, doe, a deer, etc., etc. Um, no, I was told to do things to myself that I would never ordinarily do. You know, you're not my effing teacher. I don't have to effing listen to you. That's what I was greeted with. Yeah, it was actually uh, quite terrifying at times. But I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's what I want. I want to be there. I want to be someone's person, you know, where they can, yeah. they know I'm a safe place. They know they can come to me and, you know, uh, you know, you know, you've got to be careful with hugs and things like that. You know, we talk about it often among the teachers, um, you know, physical contact, you've got to be very mindful of, but you might be the only hug that that kid gets. You don't know that. And yeah, yeah you can be that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of trauma survivors will say, one person makes a difference and often it was a teacher. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Well, for me, it was my U4 teacher at Summerhill Public School. I lived in Summerhill. Did you? And I didn't go to Summerhill Primary. Where did you go? Had I gone to the local school? I lived in Hardy Avenue right next to the electric motors and the supermarket. Where did you go? I went to Skeggs Darling Oh, I see. <laughs> well, I went to uh, Summerhill from year three to year six, and it was my year four teacher, yeah. Miss Judy Dallas, who made a difference for me. Yep, you just knew she actually cared. And did you know a girl called Charmaine? No. Okay, I'm gonna edit that out. But she was my friend, and she went. Oh <laughs> no, I don't know a Charmaine. Don't I don't, know. as in, I don't remember one you know. anyway. Yeah. Yep. It was. All right. Summerhill Primary Sense teachers make a difference. Well, it sounds like I actually considered doing teaching. I don't, I think you, I was going to do secondary. And I got to the placements and realised um, I've been tutoring for 10 years. One-to-one, I can handle yep. any one of them. But when there's a group and I can't swear, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> so, oh, dear. I did oh, a little well, stint of tutoring too. It was I love tutoring. Yeah, tutoring was I good. I love tutoring. And I get a lot of um, difficult kids. Yeah. You know, and, and I and I like them one-to-one, yeah. you know. And and would you, and I don't know if this will be in the pod, but a lot of them disclose their suicidality oh, to me no. and their mental health struggles. And, and But I love it because it is that situation where they feel safe enough. Definitely. To do so. They're not going to tell their yeah. parents. It's, you know, and you can give them that I love being able to give them that sense anyway that you know what I felt the same yeah, as your yep. age um, and, and that's good I think for them to, oh, yeah. really? and I'm like yeah you know and I, I think it sort of makes them feel a bit more yep. normal and and you know and, then, and I get stuff and I will probably cut that but I get kids who are older who uh, parents are saying you need to come home from a party and they're telling me that they're drinking right and I'm saying, well, then don't you drive yeah. home from that party. And if your parents ask you why, tell them to call me, you know. <laughs> and I've had parents say that later on, thank you so much, yeah. you know, because I, I didn't understand because they weren't telling their parents they're drinking. And you think, oh, who wants their child drink yeah. driving? Drinking's bad enough. Don't get of on course. the road. Of course. How old are these kids? Oh, I don't know. High school. Right. So we're talking 17, sure. 18 and for the yep. drinking. And um, for the suicidality, though, 14 often is the, for no. the boys. And it's all this online bullying. You know, and and stuff. It just because the bullying never stops. No. I remember bullying when we were at school. Was you know school yeah. hours, and you know I, I got a bit of it on the train home yep. sometimes. But um, yeah, now it's twenty four seven. It is, I know, and it's, it's yeah. World. Oh, it is. We were just talking about this today. Um, you know, kids being left on their devices for extended periods of time. So I mean, I I'm not 
the perfect parent by any stretch of the imagination. But I do say that I'm very deliberate with my parenting. And it started with yeah. um, Paul and I. We weren't, I don't think we were married yet, but we had some friends over for dinner one time and they had three kids and their three kids just absolutely ran amok in my apartment. They're pulling stuff out of my cupboards. They're, you know, like they're the kind of kids where you've got to hide stuff before they come. And we were saying at the end yeah. of the night, you know, it's so lovely to have them over for dinner. Do they have to bring their children? And then we kind of made a little <laughs> pact, you know, between ourselves and said, if we ever have kids, we need to raise them so that people don't say, oh, we'd love to have Paul and Rihanna over for dinner. Ugh. Do they have to bring their children? I want people to be able to yeah. say, oh, and their kids are so much fun or, oh, and their kids are so well behaved. You know, and again, our kids are absolutely not perfect. You can ask anyone yeah. that I know, anyone who knows them, mm-hmm. but I'm very, I'm very deliberate about, you know, making sure that, um, like, for example, iPad time, they are only allowed half an hour of free time on an iPad a day. And that's it. They get on, like even the tiniest one, Aria, she's only five. She knows how to turn the timer on. It goes to 30 minutes. When it beeps, they try to stretch it out. They're like, oh, but I'm just finishing. I'm just, I'm just, you know, but it's like, no, 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 finish it off and then get off. Um, school holidays, yeah. they might have two half an hours, but that online stuff, it is evil. You can't yeah, just, it's oh, it's so, yeah. it's disgusting. You can't leave a kid in front of a device. I'm sorry. This is my little soapbox for extended periods of time, <laughs> unsupervised. You just, it's, it's not safe. You just can't. The stuff that's on there, like I've got tiny people, year oneers who know what TikTok is and like, yeah. and it's not hickory dickory you know, it's, it's TikTok. They know what TikTok is. They know how to access it. They watch all the stuff and it's, it's just, it can't be healthy for them. Yeah. There's not no consequences. That's absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And so because I can't monitor everything that they watch and everything that they do all the time, a time limit is, it just works best for me. 30 minutes, you're on, you're off. Um, and then, you know, if you want to, has to be absolutely, you know, you want to watch something on YouTube, ask me. And yes, it's exhausting. Of course it is. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Constantly having boundaries and enforcing yep. them. I'm yep. buggered by seven. Oh, totally. They come out. Absolutely. Them, yep. So I've decided um, I've got a, a book title for a book that I, I have no intention of writing. But um, if I ever <laughs> wrote a book, it would be called Raising Turds is Easy by Riani Rattray because... <laughs> Um, yeah, you, raising turds is easy. You just leave them on autopilot, let them do what they want, you know, no consequences yeah. for their actions and, you know, that's it's easy done. But to raise, you know, good kids who are going to be good adults and, you know, good humans, that is hard work. It's tiring. Yeah. It's emotionally draining. You've, you know, got to try and stay on top of it. I know. It is so, so hard. But... It's what I want to do. I want to raise, you know, yeah. good humans. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm going to try. I'm going to. I'm going to do my. Yeah, and that's the thing. We can only Absolutely. do our best. And yep. you know, every now and then a turd pops out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, don't my I know son, it? When he was, we were battling over the hours of video yep. games when he was oh, probably about fourteen, and he wanted to play a hundred and four hours a week. Wow. And I was saying maximum twenty because yep. that's already ridiculous. Yep. But no way a hundred and four. And what a random number to a relative. Because <laughs> that's I had the you know the right. being given to me for you know. 
Um, and he moved, uh, asked a relative if he could move into their house and they said yes. Oh. So he went there and played 104 hours for a few years. He's home right. now. But I never thought he'd come home because he yep. was, you know, getting quite a good deal. 104 hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Horrendous. And I had I had a boy one time tell me he was the, one of the kids who was telling me he wanted to kill himself. And, and I said, what do you think you need to feel better? And he said, more hours on the <gasps> video games. And I said, how many hours are you playing a week? And he said, oh, 126. And I said, so let me get this straight. You're playing 126 hours of video games. Wow. Week, and you think you need more to feel. Could it be that you have all this yeah. after <laughs> <laughs> you know, Maybe it's the 126 hours of video games that's making you feel oh, like you want to die. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, I had a, a little just, fella yeah. today because um, we were marking homework. I was relieving um, in a U5 class today and the other teacher had asked me to mark who had done their homework and who hadn't. So I went up to this one boy and I said, oh, did you do your homework today? And he said, no, I didn't have enough time because I was playing video games. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, priorities. <laughs> Fortnite yeah. called. <laughs> priorities slightly <laughs> backwards there. And this is why you got three out of 20 on your spelling test. Oh. <laughs> It is hard. It's hard. It's a whole new dimension because we just didn't have that. I remember playing Mario Brothers and you only had three (laughs) lives and when you lost them you died and you couldn't save it. It was annoying, you know. After a couple of hours you're like, stop this. (laughs) Because it's the one game. No. I know. It's so it is a different world. Very different. What what are your plans for the future? Do you have plans? Um, no, I don't really have anything too long term. I guess in the short term. Um, our family plans are to try and find a place for Dion. So she's got, um, she's still got lots of injuries that we kind of need to get on top of. But I think in the short term, it's where do we go from here with Dion? So, um, you know, do we try, because there's not, we don't really have very many ballet schools in the country that, um, yeah. like we literally only have three sort of prestigious ones that you, you know, you'd want to audition for. Otherwise it's overseas. So, do we pursue that? Do we think about overseas and what does that mean? So um, I guess pers- more homeschooling. <laughs> well, she's done. She's finished now. <laughs> yeah. <rest>. So um, <laughs> personally, you know, I'd love to get a, a permanent placement somewhere. Um, a longer contract even to start with would be great. I don't know, again, what other states have to do, but in Queensland to get a permanent position in a state school, you have to go out west where you have to go somewhere quite rural before you can um, get a permanent position sort of more um, metropolitan. But I can't do that and uproot the family and go, you know, to the top of Queensland or anything like that. So I'm relying on contracts. So I guess for myself, I'd love a bit more of a permanent contract for now. But then what does that mean for Dion? Say if she does have to go overseas, you know, I'd love to go over there and help her get set up. Um, So the relief, the relief life actually suits us really well right now. Um, just doing relief yeah. teaching. Um, major plans? No, not really. Bucket list. I'd love to take the kids to Disneyland one day. Because <laughs> I went to Disneyland. We were in year 10, I think, when I went to Disneyland. Took a couple of weeks off school. My sister took me, um, my niece and two nephews, so the four of us. So I kind of grew up with them as more my siblings because they're more my age. So the five of us went to Disneyland. We did Hawaii. Um, it was just like one of my fondest childhood memories and I'd love to take the kids one day but yeah when I don't know but yeah so I I guess I guess that's us in a nutshell it's beautiful well thank you Riani for making time in your busy schedule (laughs) what are you talking about sitting in the car on my iphone Uh, (laughs) that's not I 
do that all I the time. It. It's such a mum thing, isn't it, to get some time to yourself, the car and the oh. headphones. I, talk, I go call a friend. I'm like, mummy's just taking the rubbish out. <laughs> I know. My husband came down the driveway and he's looking at me like, what are you doing? And I said, I was motioning to him, just check your phone because I sent him a text to say, I'm in the car recording a podcast with a high school friend and he's like what (laughs) yeah no i was thinking that i did tell you but never mind let me tell you again he he hadn't checked the text message (laughs) oh dear all right well look what i'll do is um i'll edit it and then i will send you a copy obviously before it gets released and i'll let you know what date it will be released and all that um if you could send me some photos that you wouldn't mind me using in the blog piece because um, I still want to use anything without your yep. permission. I did today. That's why I thought, oh, crap, better ask. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just send me some anything recent. And, and if you've got anything from high school that you wanted to share sure. in, a fo- in photos or anything yep. like that, um, I'll write a blog about, like, what we've talked about today a little bit, like I have yep. the others. I don't know if you see Yeah, that. I have, I have. Um, I think that – and, and that's, that's pretty much it. And this is the second Riverside. The first one was with Natasha. Oh, Do you remember Natasha? As it, which one? She's so white. Oh, I don't, what was her name in high school? Um, you know the sporty one. Yeah, so she's so bloody lovely. She was just always. Lovely. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> can't remember her name either. But she just she's the same today. And her she's just had really good intuition and Aww. just done stuff. And she was just I just remember her as always just being so. Yeah, I can't think lovely. of a surname, Natasha. And um. I yes. can't remember. And she's a yoga instructor. Oh, very uh, well. cool. She works at a university, yoga instructor. She's just, you know. and she, Does it oh, all. God, I wish I was chilled naturally <laughs> to work, put in so much effort. I do yoga and meditation <laughs> just to calm down. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Lovely talking and to you. And you. Thanks, Alexis. And if, um, I don't know, I'm hoping we have an event at the end of all this, probably sometime end of next year or something, but you're in Queensland. That's all right. With enough notice, I can sneak away. <laughs> <laughs>